This podcast is presented by Impact Commercial. Impact Commercial, John, Alan, the team over there are fantastic. They've been, all been on the show. They have, yeah. Friends of the show. Great guys. Wealth of experience. They can help with all your commercial financing needs. Whether it's owner-occupiers, land development funds, commercial investments, or multifamily, these guys got you covered. And they recently obtained their CMHC correspondent lender status. So for all your commercial lending needs, visit them at impactcommercial.ca. That's impactcommercial.ca. Hello? 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 This is the Vancouver Commercial with a state podcast. And welcome back to the Vancouver Commercial Real Estate Podcast. I'm Corey Wright. And I'm your sometimes host, Matt Scalina. So Matt, I know you, I know I have, you're joining today. We had Melissa last week. That's right. I'm, I'm guessing just because she was on it, it was probably the highest rated show we had. I think when I saw the numbers, we had nine listeners. I, I'm I'm out of a job. Yeah, well, you're out of a job. Uh, I'm out of a job. No, and you know what? It's just that Melissa's so busy this week that I have to fill in again, but I think <laughs> she's, she's going to be back. She's the busiest one of all of us. That's why me and you are here. <laughs> yeah, exactly. She doesn't have time to be involved in these in these podcasts. <laughs> But uh, yeah, how's how's life, Corey? Who's on the show today? Today we have Chris Van Vliet from our Langley office because we had a few listeners reach out a while ago, and I'm assuming that they either own a small business or they want to acquire a small business, and under the commercial umbrella, business sales fall under there. Chris is a specialist at buying and selling businesses along with other assets, so we wanted to have him on the show today to talk about how does buying and selling a business differ from maybe an investment property, because you do get a lot of people out there that start off as a small business owner, and then maybe eventually they kind of graduate their way up to actually buying commercial property or maybe even buying the property they're in. Right. So Chris will talk a little bit more about like what steps go into it, how does it differ, what type of timelines, who do you have to seek approvals from? So it's a completely different monster to unwrap than say if you're just buying a straddle lot as an investor. Sounds like a great episode to me. And before we get to that, Corey, the Christmas party. The Christmas I can't, party, This yeah. is how... how yeah. What, what you and I are concerned about. Melissa's out there doing deals. Yeah. William Wright Christmas party. I got another invite. I must have, uh, I yeah. must have really impressed last year. Yeah, we, we've adopted you. Yeah. So, so I don't, I can't honestly say if Adam got one, but, um, <laughs> but yeah, so we've got our, our William Wright staff Christmas party this year. Which right. We'll have, hopefully if everyone can show up and make it there, we'll have between a hundred and, you know, a hundred plus people attend from across the province to kind of, you know, show our well wishes, get together, have some good old beverages and some great food. Yeah. So you're on the list again this year. I, uh, you know, the commercial real estate world is, uh, I'm not really that much involved, but it's fun to kind of come and, and watch. It's a, it's a different piece in residential. That's for sure. And it's a lot of fun. <laughs> it's a lot of fun. It's a lot of fun, but you have tremendous impact on that industry through your microphone and headset on this, on this episode. Oh, hey, st- stop it, stop it. Uh, all, all nine listeners of this show, <laughs> they appreciate every week that you're on. Right on. Well, maybe we will cut to our talk with Chris. This is, uh, this is good. Learned a lot from this conversation. Yeah, it's a great conversation, guys. Enjoy. This podcast is presented by Impact Commercial. 
Impact Commercial. John, Alan, the team over there are fantastic. They've been, all been on the show. They have, yeah. Friends of the show. Great guys. Wealth of experience. They can help with all your commercial financing needs. Whether it's owner-occupiers, land development funds, commercial investments, or multifamily, these guys got you covered. And they recently obtained their CMHC correspondent lender status. So for all your commercial lending needs, visit them at impactcommercial.ca. That's impactcommercial.ca. Okay, so we're here with Chris Van Vliet, team leader at William Wright at the Fraser Valley office and commercial broker. How you doing, Chris? I'm doing well today. How are you guys doing? Very well. Very well. We're excited to have you on the show, Chris. Maybe for our listeners, can you start by telling our listeners a little bit about yourself? Sure. Yes, uh, absolutely. Um, I've been in commercial real estate for over 10 years. And um, part of that has been um, working in business sales and acquisitions. Uh, so I've sold over 100 small businesses uh, in my career. And uh, that's one of the areas that um, I wouldn't say I necessarily focus on, but I do have a, f- a fair amount of experience in, uh, in that area. Chris is our team leader of our Fraser Valley office. He runs the whole show out there, does a phenomenal job with it, specializes not only in business sales, but also major asset sales, does a phenomenal job leasing major shopping centers out there for us. But Chris, we wanted to have you on today because I think, you know, business sales falls under the commercial umbrella. We've had listeners kind of reach out in the past that are we're assuming are probably either looking to buy a business or maybe potentially sell a business, asking a lot more questions about how does this process work? Can you maybe start off by just sort of walking us through what is a business sale and who are these sellers? And then we can sort of talk about evaluations and all that stuff. Yeah, sure. I'll, uh, I'll start with uh, sort of on the, on the sales uh, side. Um, you know, when we do, uh, fi- uh, when we are approached by a business that wants to sell, um, we would, uh, you know, typically uh, meet with them first and, uh, you know, get the, get the story of, uh, you know, why they want to sell the business and, um, you know, get some detailed specifics uh, on their particular business. From there, we would collect some basic information such as financial statements and a copy of the lease is usually the first thing that we look at. And then um, from there, we perform a valuation. Now, on the valuation of the business, it's it's not not necessarily complicated, but it's uh, different for each specific type of uh, industry and specific type of business. So we would look at, you know, the financial statements. Um, if the business is profitable, uh, we would look at, you know, a multiple of their net earnings for evaluation. And again, that depends on which type of business and which uh, sector it's in. Sometimes we would look at the total revenue and then the uh, rule of thumb for evaluation could uh, be, say, a percentage of the gross sales. So there's different, different methods and different ways that we would look at valuing that business. And I'm wondering when you're you're trying to give the owner a valuation, are the buyers out there using the same metrics? I mean, uh, well, a sophisticated buyer would uh, would understand these metrics. You know, a lot of uh, first time buyers, uh, we would have to educate them and explain, uh, you know, how the valuation is uh, is made. And again, they would uh, often consult with their legal and accounting advisors that would, uh, you know, concur with uh, how we've approached the valuation. And it sounds like it's business specific, but multiple of net earnings, is there a general kind of rule of thumb there? Uh, it really it really depends on the type of business. 
you know, say a uh, food and beverage business, it could be, you know, a one and a half to two and a half times earnings. If it was a manufacturing business, it could, you know, with a, with a long-term lease, of course, the, the longevity of the lease is going to be an important factor um, to say, okay, I've got a, you know, a four-year runway, five-year run- runway, um, you know, to recoup my investment and to, you know, start realizing, uh, you know, a profit on the investment. Um, so, you know, long-term lease is uh, an advantage. So, you know, in manufacturing, for example, could be, you know, four to five times uh, net earnings. So, Chris, there too, when people are looking to get into the, to either say acquiring a business, does it differ a lot in the sales process or even the timelines that say I'm buying a liquor store or maybe a coffee shop? Is there a, is there a long duration that takes place when we're trying to buy these based on different type of businesses? It, it, it can be. Um, I mean, typically it's not terribly long. You know, if uh, if it's a small business and it's pretty straightforward. It could be, you know, a couple of weeks for due diligence and then a couple of weeks to closing. Uh, that's that's sort of on the fast side, but uh, often it gets drawn out. The due diligence of, uh, you know, going through the uh, information for a buyer and their due diligence process, uh, that can take, take some more time. So yeah, it could be a couple, three months uh, before a deal closes, um, depending on the co- complexity of it. And then the other factor, of course, is getting the landlord approval to assign the lease. That's really a it's a deal within the deal, uh, you know, negotiating the uh, the assignment of the lease to the new to the buyer and making sure that the landlord approves them and is comfortable with their you know financial covenant and their their business experience. So that process with the landlord uh, can also take some time. Now, Chris, when people are looking to acquire these businesses and a lot of these things, how do people get funding for these businesses? Is it easy for you know myself and Matt to go get a small business loan for say two hundred thousand dollars to buy? you know, Chris's sandwich shop on Granville Street? Or, or or did you have to get creative when structuring these deals such as vendor takebacks and all that stuff? Like how do these businesses get bought and sold by incoming purchase or incoming buyers? I know that's a that's an excellent question. Um, getting financing from a bank to purchase a small business is actually very, very difficult. More often than not, um, you know, a bank uh, won't won't lend at all uh, on, a, on a small business purchase. So typically... It would be the the buyer would look at friends and family, their own savings, um, and then uh, even take uh, you know equity out of their home or another asset uh, in order to uh, to purchase the business. So most uh, business deals we do aren't subject to financing; they're got to figure that out on their own. Um, and then on the vendor take back aspect, um, definitely that's uh, that's one area that we do uh, work in. Uh, actually, the last two business sales that I've done um, have both uh, had vendor takebacks involved. Well, one was a very unique situation where it was 100% vendor takeback, uh, where the buyer, you know, had minimal uh, minimal savings for the purchase of the business. And then the most recent one I did was uh, 50% vendor takeback, so half was paid off uh, over time. And for listeners that are, and we've talked about vendor take back on the, on the show before, but for listeners that may not understand what that means, can you just outline, Chris, how that's structured? Yeah. So for example, um, the one purchase was a $180,000 business. They paid $90,000 uh, upfront on completion. And then the other $90,000 was basically structured to be paid off in monthly installments over the next two years. So it's basically the uh, the seller is providing the loan. The the seller, basically, the seller acts as the bank, essentially. Correct. Where Where do you find so if banks or or traditional lenders uh, are are not involved, where do these deals? What's the trickiest part of these deals? Is it 
is it the lease component? Is it coming to to terms? Like, where do you find that uh, that small business deals kind of hit the rocks? Yeah, I mean the the financing uh, aspect that uh, can be definitely a tricky part. Now, to come back to that, um, I mean there are certain groups like the you know BDC and some of these other uh, organizations that do lend on businesses, but it's a very tough criteria. The business has to be very profitable, have uh, you know long term stable you know track record of of success, and then uh, you know the buyers need to have you know, good, solid experience in that particular business. So uh, not to say that business, you can't get financing for business, but it's very tricky and it's, uh, it's not, uh, not that common. So that's one of the challenges uh, that we face. The other challenge is uh, getting the landlord approval. I mean, that's a, that's a process. We do that same process when we lease an empty space. Um, It's really very similar process where the tenant needs to be approved by the landlord. So we have to, Show them, uh, you know, strong credit worthiness um, as well as, uh, you know, again, background and uh, experience in that particular business to get the landlord comfortable with uh, transferring the lease to the buyer. Chris, how different is franchising or buying and selling franchises versus a typical business? Is there a is there a much more is there more steps involved in that process? Yeah, there's a definitely there's another layer of of approval. I mean, not only would it be the landlord approval uh, to transfer the lease to a new franchisee, but also the head franchise, the franchisor, needs to approve the buyer as a franchisee. So there's a whole other layer of complexity where you know they would have to apply with the franchise in order to buy um, at that particular franchise business. Is there financing on that? Like, I would guess a lender might look more favorably on a Subway uh, restaurant shop, you know, as opposed to say Benny's egg sh- eggs, a, a cafe or whatever. Like, is there a difference there? Um, they, they would look at, I mean, again, if that particular store's performance is, uh, is solid um, and it's a rep- reputable franchise. Um, sometimes if the franchisor will come in as a, as a guarantor or on the head lease itself, uh, then that definitely would help the, uh, the you know, the buyer get uh, get some financing from the bank or from a from a lender such as BDC or, or otherwise. All right, Chris. So you talked a mention about BDC, the Business Development Bank of Canada. Why would a bank like that be maybe more interactive or more supportive of small businesses from an acquisition standpoint than maybe like your typical CIBC or your BMO? Yeah, I mean, uh, like the BDC is uh, sort of that is one of their objectives is to to help uh, you know finance uh, you know entrepreneurs uh, different ventures, including business purchases. Um, that's really their mandate. Um, I mean, again, their criteria is pretty pretty strict. Um, it's a it's a long outdrawn process, but they uh, do specialize in that type of that type of lending where you're you know you walk into your home branch. Uh, they might not necessarily be you know, savvy with that type of, uh, that, that type of lending. Chris, you, you work with a lot of people selling small businesses. Can you talk about some of the considerations when you're buying? And I'm thinking like strength of brand, customer loyalty, if it's, if it's a small independent shop, I guess you've already mentioned the lease in place, but, but over and above, you know, the financial statements, what are, what are you looking for when you're looking at a solid, a small business? Yeah, no, that's a that's a that's a great question. There are there are so many facets to to a small business that uh, you know are taken under consideration, and uh, definitely you know the brand, the uh, the longevity of the business. Yeah, I mean, 
customers. Uh, if there's, for example, if there's a business that has actual contracts in place for customers, there's definite definite value there. You know, the assets of the business um, is another aspect. If there's, um, you know, a lot of equipment and hard assets, um, those are, uh, you know, that's a, a consideration as well. Um, mentioning that uh, those assets. Uh, will also work favorably in uh, in getting financing for the business, where the lender will have a hard you know hard asset uh, that they can secure uh, the loan with. But yeah, definitely, uh, there's a lot of lot of facets to uh, to look at uh, when when evaluating small business. Chris, do you get asked very often for maybe the the business owner also owns the real estate that they're in? Is that something that people can look to buy business with property? Or is that something that maybe not yeah. as common as maybe like the typical sandwich shop you might find for sale? Yeah, I mean it's uh, it's not as common, but um, there are there are definitely uh, business owners that own their uh, that own their property. You know, we do see a, a fair amount of that. You know, especially in uh, you know sort of the industrial sector and manufacturing and you know those types of businesses. You know, where as we know uh, from commercial real estate, the uh, industrial market's very hot, and there's a lot of owner occupiers that are, uh, you know, that purchase their own, uh, their own buildings uh, for their business uh, in retail. It's probably not as, not as common. Um, and uh, for office, it's a fairly fair amount of uh, owner occupiers as well. Chris, just getting back to financing real quick. Is there any type of businesses that banks are very reluctant to finance? And then I guess a follow-up of that, is there a, is there a type of business that businesses are much more favorable towards? Yeah, I mean, I think probably uh, food and beverage is probably the one of the trickiest to get financing for. Um, you know, restaurants, cafes, and so forth. Um, they are tricky businesses in general, uh, and especially to get financing for. Sorry, Chris. I once heard from a banker that almost it was a very high percentage of uh, restaurants and cafes fail within the first five years. Is that something? Is that kind of a, a truism in the business? I think so. I think so. Yeah, it's. Uh, I don't know what the percentage is, but it is a, a very high percentage, and um, you know that's where we see uh, you know a fair amount of business as a result of that. Where you know somebody has a failing business and they want to get out and they sell uh, to a successful operator that takes over the business and and runs it uh, runs it well. Is there a type of business? So somebody out there is. I, I guess I, a couple questions here, but somebody out there is looking to purchase a, a small business. And they, and they just, they want a successful business with as little risk as possible. If somebody approached you, presumably it's not a buck slice pizza place. What is, what is something, uh, an area or a type of business that, that you see, you know, usual success? With all due respect to buck yeah. slice pizza owners. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, fair enough. I mean, to be honest, there's, I mean, each each sector, each type of business, there are very successful businesses that are being run. And, um, you know, we do see a lot of uh, scenarios where there's a, a, a long, well-established business that, uh, you know, for example, the owner just run it for the last 30 years and decide, okay, I'm, I'm done, I'm retiring. And they go ahead and uh, list the business for sale. Um, and then we find a buyer that, uh, you know, is interested in that type of a business in that s- sector or industry, and they continue uh, running that successful business. Does that sort of answer the question? <laughs> yeah, to- totally. And I'm just thinking for somebody who's, again, trying to just break into the to the world's small business, like it, it actually strikes me as quite difficult to break in if you don't have experience in the sector because the transferring the lease becomes a challenge, financing 
seems like it's near impossible unless you're raising money from somewhere else or you have, you know, you, you have a HELOC or you're independently wealthy. Like it, it does seem like there's a lot of roadblocks to, to becoming a small business owner. Is that, is that an apt statement? Well, I, yes, I think, uh, I think that's, that's a fair statement. But on the other hand, I would say that, um, you know, we do see one of my favorite types of buyers is uh, somebody that's coming, that's been in an industry working for somebody else in probably in a management position. So they are very successful in the, for their employer. Right. And they go from management, management, they say, okay, you know what, I'm going to, I'm going to do this for myself this time. And they go from, you know, managing a particular company to buying a similar company that they have experience in and that they understand and know very well. And they say, okay, Chris, I want to buy a specific business in this sector and then, uh, you know, we help them find that type of business. And those are very successful transactions often where, you know, somebody moves from management to ownership, we call it. And just thinking about the same person who's potentially thinking about getting into the world of small business and they're interested in commercial real estate, presumably if they're listening to this show, which is easier, buying the the commercial real estate and then starting the business or buying the business and over time acquiring the real estate that you're in? Yeah, I mean, it, it could go either way. Um, but I mean, the, yeah, we are all f- very familiar with, uh, you know, what, it, what, it, what it takes to buy a, a piece of commercial real estate. Yeah, it, uh, yeah, it could go either way on that scenario. So Chris, as obviously interest rates are rising on the commercial lending side of the world, as well as the residential lending side of the world, that obviously affects small business owners quite dramatically because some of them have operating lines of credit that they use to operate their business. As these interest rates continue to rise for the foreseeable future, does that sort of slow down the acquisition sales cycle of small businesses or are they kind of exempt considering they're probably challenged um, to get financing in some cases? I mean, yeah, the financing is uh, is always a <laughs> challenge to start with. Uh, it probably would be a little bit more challenging now with uh, with interest rates. So I guess the uh, the lending criteria you know, would, would change where you'd have to have, you know, enough cash flow in the business to, to support the higher uh, loan payments. But uh, the interesting thing that I've noticed over the years is that in times of economic uncertainty, such as the area that we're in now, I usually see an uptick in, uh, in business sales, strangely enough. And I think mm. the reason is that a lot of people, um, like the scenario we had earlier, somebody moving from management to ownership, they are like, okay, I don't know what's happening here with my job. There's uncertainty. The economy is going wacky. I want to grab my destiny, you know, uh, with my own hands and, and control. control that uh, better than working for somebody else. Yeah. So that's uh, an interesting uh, uh, thing that I've seen over the years. Right. A certain, certain personality, but it makes sense. So Chris, as a final yeah, as a final question here before we jump into our, uh, our our six pack here with you, what's some advice maybe you can give somebody right now who's looking to buy or sell their business? Everything from like the timing of the current market considerations out there, all the way to maybe is now a great time to buy or sell a business. Yeah, again, I think um, I think any time any time's a good time to to buy or sell a business. You know, under the right circumstances. I think the best, uh, I mean, for selling a business, um, the most important part is to, to have it priced correctly, you know, so that it is, uh, you know, that it is attractive to a buyer, uh, yet uh, you extract the most amount of uh, profit in the sale. Best advice for the buyer coming into a business is to really understand the business and, to, you know, 
do the uh, right amount of due diligence, do a lot of due diligence on it so that you know exactly what you're getting into so that there's no surprises uh, when you uh, complete the purchase. So Chris, maybe as a, uh, I have a final question here for you. Uh, so you're the team leader in the Fraser Valley. You help people sell and buy small businesses day in, day out. We're in a very unique moment. I feel like uh, you could probably say that for the last three years, but let's timestamp this mid-October 2022. If Chris Van Vliet is buying a business right now, where, where are the opportunities? Um, I think I would look at you know something that uh, has sustained itself over the last uh, three years during the pandemic. Um, I would look for a pandemic-proof business, we call it, um, something that's uh, been successful even during these uncertain times. I mean, I would, again, look at something that I would be familiar with and comfortable with, so likely something in the in the retail sector or the service sector, which is uh, my background in business. But yeah, there's uh, there's various businesses that uh, that have uh, continued to do well over the last three years, and you know, helping a uh, if I were to buy something myself or assist a buyer, I would uh, be looking in those areas. So, Chris, before we let you go today, we have our six pack of lighthearted questions, so our listeners get to know you a little bit more outside of the office. There, I know you. I know it sounds like you're in the middle of traffic there, but we're going to hold your hand here to walk you through for about another two minutes, if that's okay with you. Yeah, that's fine. The six-pack is powered by our good friends over at Red Point Law. Red Point Law, Corey, Tim, Falco, Scott, and the team, these are great people with a wealth of experience when it comes to commercial closings and private lending. And I just want to say, Corey, not to cut you off, they have a perfect five-star review on Google. So for all your commercial legal needs, visit them at redpointlaw.ca with offices in Vancouver and now open in downtown Kelowna. Okay, Chris, first question up. Something that you've purchased for $1,500 that's made a positive impact on your life. Um, I'm going to say I got a set of golf clubs earlier this year, so I've been enjoying that. Oh, good one. I think, I think, William I think, Ray Whistler. Uh, yeah, I was going to say, say, maybe you and Matt might be teaming it up again next year together. You guys seem like you had a pretty good time up there last time together. The bromance that's was, right. oh, there's a bromance brewing up there in Whistler. It seems like it's carrying on into the show here. I am asking more questions than you, Corey, but that might just be because of a <laughs> no, lack no, no. of knowledge. No, I, I'm trying to ask questions, and every time I go to talk to the mic, I get a big, I get a big stop sign from Matt. <laughs> so he kind of swoops in for a question there. So I'll, I'll let you guys take it. Uh, number two for you, Chris. Favorite vacation spot? Oh man, um, I really enjoy Mexico. That's always uh, that's always a go to. So I'll, I'll West, take, I'll go West Coast, or are you are you a PV guy? I've done both, uh, but I last time I was uh, on the East Coast, and I really enjoyed that. Our guest last week, downtown Jeff Brown from Kelowna. There, we we were literally had we we're recording the podcast four hours before he was departing for Mexico. So he's down there right oh, now. Nice. He's uh, he's our Mexican yeah. correspondent for William <laughs> Wright Commercial right now, scouting out future office locations. Sounds good. Chris, next question up: What are you binge watching right now on Amazon or Netflix? I actually really got into this uh, Netflix show called Money Heist. I'm not sure oh, if you've heard of it. But I've seen it, but really I, have no, I have not got into it yet. I've, I've seen it, though. Yeah. yeah what, is, it, is it like it, it's like a, like an Ocean's Eleven type thing? or? Yeah, pretty much. Yeah, yeah oh, exactly. I loved Ocean's Eleven. Right yeah. on. Okay, Chris, favorite band. What are, you, uh, what are you jamming to after you hang up with us on the road? You know what? I'm, I'm kind of all over the map uh, on, on music. Um, like a little bit of uh, everything, but um, yeah, usually you just have sort of the top 40 radio on, to be honest. 
I was I was expecting gangster rap, but yeah, uh, there's a common common theme here that a lot of guys that are successful in the commercial real estate in one facet or another have gangster rap in their rotation there right now. And I'm I'm you know I'm I'm just throwing this out there, and this isn't confirmed by any stretch of the imagination, but I'm pretty sure Nickelback's new songs in that top forty you're listening to. Is that right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Long drive to Kelowna, forty five times back to back new Nickelback song. All right, Chris, you've uh, unfortunately found yourself on death row. You're you're given one meal before it's all over. What's the meal you're having? You know what? I, everybody says steak, and um, I do like a good steak, but I'm going to go um, go a little different uh, today. I do love uh, all sorts of ethnic foods. So I'm going to say today a really authentic dish of butter chicken. Oh, that's always good. Totally off the wall, but um, yeah, I love uh, ethnic food. So, is there a pretty high spice today. level in that in in your in oh, your yeah. last meal? Oh yeah, okay, spicy. Okay, oh, yeah. gotcha. For gotcha. Sure. You got nan bread going on. Oh yeah, <laughs> right. good garlic nan on the side for sure. Oh yeah, just making 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 oh, nan wraps, yeah. chicken nan wraps there with rice and hot sauce. <laughs> you got you captured Corey's imagination oh, geez, here. Jeez. All right, Chris. Last <laughs> last last question here for you. You're sitting in Mexico. It's been a long day in the sun. The tequila's flowing. You got a Corona in your hand. You're feeling really good about yourself. Someone pops a mic in front of you and tells you to sing a karaoke song. What song are you singing? I don't sing, so I'm I'm not a, I'm not walking on that stage. Oh, okay. <laughs> no matter how much tequila. Oh, yeah, you know, we gotta we gotta we gotta appreciate his authenticity there. I'd say, hey, no go, no go. All right, Chris. How can, yeah, no how can our listeners find out more about what you're doing? All the amazing work you guys are doing out there in the William Wright Fraser Valley office. Yeah, no, feel free to call me or email me anytime. Uh, Chris at WilliamWright.ca or uh, 604-307-8700. Fantastic. Well, thanks again for your time, Chris. We'll let you get back on the road. All right. Thank you so much. Have a great day. Thanks, Chris. Take care. There you have it, folks. Our interview with Chris Van Vliet, team leader of our Fraser Valley William Wright Commercial Office, business sales extraordinaire. Business sales extraordinaire. That was really interesting. I was taking a lot of notes there. Man, more challenging. Here's the thing. Over the years, and I, I we're going into an election right now. I just yeah. was reading something about mayoral candidates and how they how they engage the business community. Yeah. And one thing that this made me think of was just gave me even more respect for small business owners because it's so hard to a yeah, uh, and acquire a business first of yeah. all, and then run it successfully. So that that's that's one point. But I did want to. I mean, Chris said it depends. There was a question I had that I just wanted to ask you, Corey, because it it is so difficult to acquire a small business when it comes to financing. Obviously, we've talked about just purchasing a strata commercial strata space and and the financing components to that. So my question to Chris was, and I'm not sure if I articulated it as clearly as I could have, but does it make sense to acquire the commercial real estate first and then start a small business? Or does it make sense to acquire a small business, run it for a couple of years, and then go about purchasing uh, the real estate? Yeah. So the easier of the two avenues is the latter one there, because a lot of times when you're acquiring real estate for a business purpose, such as let's say, for example, you have a very successful sandwich shop and a Stratalot comes available and you want to buy that that Stratalot to put your sandwich shop in, a lot of times banks are looking a lot more on the success or lack thereof on the business itself right. than they are the real estate. Right. Right. Because what they're looking at is how much money does this business make? Can this business afford to comfortably acquire the property, deal with the costs associated with that, 
and then be able to pay the mortgage on a monthly basis and not be stretched too thin. Versus when you go into a leasing standpoint, I mean, landlords obviously are, you know, sort of checking out your credit worthiness as a tenant, but you, you may not have proved out your business yet. So if you try to acquire the real estate first, you're going to be acquiring it purely based on other assets that you might have, other income you might have, because right. the business doesn't really establish themselves. Versus if you have a very successful sandwich shop five years down the road and you've got good retained earnings and you're controlling top line growth, a bank like BDC will be much more aggressive to then give you the money to secure the real estate, to run your sandwich shop because they're comfortable that you can do it. And at, uh, at William Wright Commercial, we've been very fortunate that we own most of the buildings or the strata lots that we operate in, right. that when we're dealing with the banks like BDC or Roynat or even BMO on these acquisitions, is they're, they're going through the William Wright Commercial books very diligently and very deep to see what type of debt servicing ability that company has to then in turn acquire the real estate. So they, they look more into who's the operator of the business, how much does that business make, can it comfortably acquire the real estate and then pay the bills. Of course. Enough that you know your debt servicing might be, I mean, 1.2 to maybe 1.3, which means for every dollar that you owe the bank, the bank wants to make sure that you're profiting 1.2 or 1.3 dollars. So if I have a mortgage of a million dollars, the bank wants to say, hey, is it, you know, sorry, if I have a, an annual mortgage payments totaling a million dollars, the bank might say, hey, we want to make sure this guy, they're, they're earning 1.2, 1.3 million comfortably in order to, to service the debt. They're not going to give you the million bucks in mortgages, debts, and then hope, hope you know, cross their finger and hope you can pay it back. Right. So, so, so in, in, in the, the case of buying the real estate and starting the business, ironically, or maybe not ironically, you're seen as a bad tenant it, for it, your own real estate. It's challenging, the, right? Because the, the, ban the bank may not know that you may not have any level of confidence yet that you're successful in that that type of industry. So you got to almost kind of prove out. And from Chris mentions a lot about how challenging it can be sometimes to get the actual funding for the business. And again, I don't know what the tipping point is for a bank, but a lot of times, unless you have you know two, three, or maybe four locations. The bank still may not believe your story that you know what you're doing. You're still an idiot in the eyes of the lender mm -hmm. that this could still go sour. And I think one thing that COVID proved is just because you have a lot of locations doesn't mean you're successful. It means you have a lot of expenses. And that's why you saw some very large companies have to downsize and pivot shift really, really quickly because they may not be carrying the financial or the capital needed to ride out no income for three, six, or nine months. If you right. let's say, for example, your overhead was $100,000 a month. These companies may not be sitting on a million dollars. Mm -hmm. They might be sitting on 150000 enough that they can you know, cash flow and then grow, but they may not have the ability to, to service their debts long term. So that obviously played a big factor in you know, how banks will then look at small business owners and small business owners with real estate moving forward. Fantastic. Well, maybe we'll leave it there, Corey. How can people find out more about what you're doing over at William Wright Commercial? Yep. They're welcome to call our Vancouver office anytime, 604-428-5255. Let us know what you're looking for. We'll put you in touch with the best agent throughout the province for what your needs are. Uh, you can drop me an email anytime, Corey at WilliamWright.ca. Always love talking real estate. Always love hearing your comments and your thoughts on the show, as well as you can visit our website williamwright.ca. Sign up there for all the latest and greatest William Wright news. And likewise, you can head to vancouverrealestatepodcast.com where all the Vancouver commercial real estate podcasts live as well as the summaries. And you know what? I just was on, as a final thought, I was just on Spotify. You have a five-star rating on, on Spotify and reviews. So if you're enjoying the show, what we're doing here yeah. at the Vancouver commercial real estate podcast, please share it with a friend or rate it on whatever podcast app you're listening to. And we appreciate you listening and we'll see you next week. 
subscribe today.